to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. And this week, I think this is a suggestion in our Discord. You can find a link to our Discord in the uh, show notes. Hope to see you over there. A lot of people hanging out, chatting, all that good stuff. This week's Top 5, Top 5 Things to Bring to a Dinner Party. <laughs> and Matthew is here this week. Hey, Matthew, how are you? Good. And there is Rodrigo over there just hanging out. Hey. A question for you, Rodrigo. If you were to go to a dinner party, uh-huh. what is the number five item on your list that you would bring to said dinner party? And I'm not talking about like a half-eaten bag of Doritos. I mean, uh, unless well, that I is... Uh... Change my number five. Oh, okay. Then. All right. And you're out. Um, uh, I guess my number five uh, would be something to drink. And okay. by that, I mean something that I can drink. <laughs> uh, because I don't drink alcohol right. uh, for health reasons. And so I have definitely gone to uh, to parties and to people's houses and for like dinner and stuff. And they're like, what do you want? We have beer, we have wine. And I'm like, well, you have like something that's not that. And the answer is no, <laughs> uh, except for like tap water. <laughs> so it's like, I figure if I bring enough soda... So that I I look like I'm bringing enough soda for everyone, then I can just drink whatever I need to drink. Soda is not a bad choice. Do you have a soda of choice that you bring? Uh, nowadays, I'm uh, having much more clear soda. So uh, Sprite, 7-Up, ginger ale. And yeah. the good thing about those is that they themselves go well with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I can just tell people that I was expecting there to be seven and sevens. And so I was, uh, <laughs> so you were prepared. I was just anticipating. Yes. Yeah. Nice. You were nice helping. Job. You're helping. I'll, I'll just, I'll just take one seven, please. <laughs> Matthew, seven. you have been invited to a dinner party. What do you bring? Well, that's a difficult question. It's going to depend on the party, but I have a few things that are an absolute go-to. And one of the things that I think is useful at any party, whether you're going to be sitting down or wandering around, if it's going to be like a casual thing, seven layer dip. Oh yeah. There you go. Cause it's got a little something for everybody. That, that's a winner your, right there. Your beans. It's got your sour cream. Yeah. Got your, your guacamole, your, your salsa, your cheese. I mean, if you get a little beef in there, sometimes you can, you can have all four food groups, even though there's a pyramid now I'm old and still remember four food groups. You get your tomatoes and your olives, you know, it's almost healthy. Uh, if you're not particularly worried about your sodium and your fat level, you could actually consider it a vegetable. I think under the Reagan administration, it would be three servings of vegetables. So I think that you can get away with that. Plus, it's one of those things that if it's like a formal party, people can sit down and they can eat. If it's a less formal party, you can wander around with it on a plate, maybe dip it in, you know, have things to dip into it. It'll Leave give it you something to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bean dip is a good thing. So my list this week is a little different. I decided to hop into my time machine and go back to when dinner parties were all the rage, the 1970s. And so here are things that you could take to a party. I mean, you could take these to a dinner party today. I'm sure somebody would would uh, laugh ironically at what you bring because you can still find these recipes Online, very, very easily, and I will describe them to you. My number five, lime, pineapple, 
and carrot jello salad. You take uh, you take some lime jello. I don't know why there's lime jello because I mean I like a little bit of lime, but lime jello is pretty disgusting. But then you uh, chop up some pineapple, you chop up some carrots, you you finely grate the carrots, you mix it all together, and you put it in that lime uh, lime jello, and you put it in one of those donut molds, those uh, bunt cake molds. You let it chill overnight, and then oh, you have something delicious that you can take to your dinner party. This was a staple on my grandmother's Thanksgiving table for years. It was always a little bit of lime, pineapple, and carrot salad jello to add to your to your plate. It's actually so, the same one each year. No one ever it ate have, it. No, everybody ate it. I don't she know why, because it was back. just like, you know, who puts carrots in jello? It was just like, Whoa. it's just the oddest, weirdest taste and combination. Don't get me started on when the marshmallows. Uh, got added, or my grandfather would eat the Jello salad with a side of cottage cheese next to it. Oh my and god! And that is a uh, taste sensation for the ages, and you will be they all do the, the rage. Do they do the lemon Jello with the wieners in it? No, never did that. Never ever. Oh. But hey, oh. wieners do show up on my list. So <laughs> <laughs> wait till we get there. But that's my number five: <laughs> the lime, pineapple, and carrot salad. That's a part of you. That's a party right there in 1970. Uh, let's swing back around for Rodrigo. What do you have for your number four? Uh, my number four is um, something that I discovered uh, a few years ago. And um, I was like kind of amazed when I realized what it actually was. And uh, what it is is you can go to most stores and go to uh, around where the, the cold cuts are, like, or ham or cheese or whatever. And you can find these uh, uh, packages that have uh, either salami or ham and then cheese and crackers. And they're, you know, meant to be, you know, kind of like a spread for a party. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, this is great. Uh, and then eventually... It, I finally realized why it was great, and it's because they're Lunchables. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, like, fancy Lunchables? Yeah. They're, like, they're, how can, they're Lunchable. Yeah, you can, tell, you can tell they're fancy because they only require one cracker. Like, to put a second cracker on top, that's gauche. Uh, so uh, my uh, number four is uh, packages. Uh, is, is those, like... Uh, kind of a spreads, you know, they make a good, uh, they make a, a good kind of like before dinner, uh, where you got like an hors d'oeuvre, um, kind of a thing. Yeah. A little um, finger food, you know, snack food. It's, you know, it's not, it's not terribly fancy. And again, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to get to something that I make myself. Cause I'm just cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, Hey, um, go and go into the store and grabbing a, a little, uh, it's not really a deli platter, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind uh, of like of, that. of meats. Then that's a that's a great thing to bring. So yeah. I may have done that a time or two myself. Very good. I I, I may have uh, at least once or ten or forty seven <laughs> times time. just bought one of those for dinner. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the lunchables the kids still eat, but the uh, giant platter. No, we haven't done that in a while. Although occasionally, I don't know why, but my wife will get it into her head. Hey, it's been five years. Uh, I, I was in the mood for a summer sausage and some Ritz crackers. 
Sure, and then sure. about uh, halfway through that summer sausage, we're both like, let's never do this again. Yeah. Until five years later. Yeah. Once a year, um, the uh, this like kiosk appears that has mm -hmm. um, different kinds of cheeses and summer sausage and crackers and yep. like horseradish sauce and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my wife is a is a big fan. It's like you can, it's like the the holiday season has started when that kiosk materializes on the mall, and we come back with like four boxes of summer sausage and and uh, smoked cheddar. Yep, the and uh, farms, Kurt. And if yep, you say it loud exactly enough, right. uh, the the Twitter guy will go Pepperidge Farm remembers. Mm. So yeah, that guy will show up too. Now that's Matthew. Hickory Farms. Pepperidge Farms are like cookies, aren't they? Pepperidge Farm, they've got yeah, that. They nice probably do a little bit of cookie. everything. Yeah, oh, okay. the Milano cookie with uh, with some summer sausage mixed in. Pepperidge Farm doesn't have any summer sausage. <laughs> Matthew, what, what do you have on your farm. what do you uh, have on your number four? I'm not allowed to do this voice because of my resemblance to Peter Griffin. Uh, my number four is actually one that it depends on the type of dinner party you're being invited to as to whether it counts. Um, there's always one of those on my list. And I think that this one is very important because a lot of times I'll go to, uh, my friend Chastity's house and Chastity is this gourmet cook and she has, you know, this thing where she'll put now, together. Now I think you really meant to gourmet say gourmet cook. cook, right? Because it sounded like you said she's a gourmet cook. Gourmet cook. And, uh, she All makes right. these, these lovely spreads and she will, you know, have alcohol and things and, you know, your, your appetizers, your bruschetta and all of like that. So if I were to bring, say, I don't know, McDonald's, she would probably not serve it. But you can bring the host a nice gift. So my number four is something nice for the host of the party. You can get away sometimes with some flowers or a nice plant. If it's that, you know, if it's an adult sort of thing, you can get away with maybe a bottle of wine or like some sort of, uh, you know, pretty candly, flipperty dipperty thing. Uh, candles are always good if you're at the right type of party because you can like light the candle during the party. Yeah. And feel like, oh, look how grown up we are. Yeah. Get you Gwyneth can do Paltrow's all of those candle. Sorts of things. Yeah. But, you know, something nice for the host or the hostess because clearly, if it's a party where they have planned a full on menu and you're getting like, you know, I don't know, gourmet cheeses wrapped in bacon with a side of Belgian endive or something. You're not going to want to bring whatever it is that you bring because I, I bring crap. I bring terrible things to parties. It's, it's my whole shtick. Um, actually, in college, I did discover that the sack full of cheeseburgers is a winner at the right sort of party. Mm -hmm. Because if people have spent the evening you know, imbibing and or eating sandwiches, and it sounds weird to say that you need a sandwich and you're going to need a sandwich afterwards, but just stay with me on this. You bring in the, the hamburgers or a pack of the tacos and you – are the hero of the beach, my friends. You are Charles Atlas. But, my number four, a nice gift for the hostess. Well, I'm going to go in the opposite direction, Matthew. <laughs> you always do. Let's say you're invited to that 70s dinner party, or maybe the current administration inv invites you to a, a nice White House dinner and they're expecting you to bring something. This mm -hmm. recipe goes all the way back to the year 1375. Wow. And it's got everything you want in it. It's got meat, potatoes, it's got carrots. Uh, what else does it have in there? Celery, onions, uh, I mean, some this garlic sounds pretty cloves. good so far. I'm sure there will not be any sort of hideous twist coming up. Aspic. Ah! Meat jello, ladies and gentlemen. 
Now, if you want to see a cool swinging 70s party, it seemed like every food in the 1970s was made with aspic. A-S-P-I-C. It is, it is the nastiest looking stuff you've ever seen. Imagine, I don't, how would you describe, it's like meat jello. It literally is meat jello, Matthew. How would you describe yeah, aspic? Like- Aspic is horrific. It is. The, 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 it's um, like it, it, when, you, when you get a fat. can of spam. Yeah. And you pull out the can of spam, and at the bottom, there's that like melted jellified that's jelly like, of, yeah. That's meats and juices and fat, yeah. and it's like molded to the can, especially if it's an older bit of spam. It's molded to the can. Sometimes it has the imprint that says maps on it. <laughs> That's what aspic tends to be. And yeah, I, or if I you let your stew ever... set out and the uh, fat rises to the top and congeals, it's kind of like mm. that, but not fat. So imagine a stew encased in aspic jelly, and you can literally slice it with a knife, and then you can eat it. Why would you ever imagine that? Look, I found a recipe for meat jello that is dated, oh, just in this last October. Somebody wrote a very lengthy article on how to make your own meat jello and and preserve it in fancy little jars or Tupperware or what's the other one that they have here? Uh, looks just like uh, maybe not so great Tupperware. But yeah, meat jello. Aspic. I mean, from- Trust me, people, if you want to uh, follow the uh, what is the, uh, the the Instagram guy, the that 70s party, follow him on Twitter and Instagram and you will see more pictures of aspic than you can ever shake a stick at. <sighs> What were you going to say, Rodrigo, about the aspic? Sounds sounds tasty. I mean, no, it, it doesn't. But from what <laughs> from what I understand, like 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 many weird foods, I'm pretty sure that uh, grenatin was like added to it to preserve it. It like prevents basically like back bacteria, like mm-hmm. potentially like forks or your finger bounces off the the grenatin and can't get to the meat. Yep. So I think it was originally a, a preservation tactic. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, yeah. just like just like pickling stuff or or yep. making preserves or hard tech. Yeah. yeah. It just looks disgusting. Anything you see in aspic just looks scary and disgusting. But apparently in the 70s, people were eating this stuff left and right. If you offer me aspic, I will guarantee you will never be invited back to one of my parties. But hey, like I said, no, if that's if that is your goal, does. if that is your goal, meat jello is your number four. Which if you want to get thrown out of Stephen's house. To number three. Yeah, just show up. I'll throw you out of the house. No problem, Matthew. <laughs> That's hurtful. Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? Sad. Oh, if you think uh, meat jello is, is sad and disgusting, what do you get to my number three? Um, my number three is um, kind of like my number five and and I'll I'll get to, to as to why um when I was working for PBS in Kansas we had a lot of potlucks oh, yeah. like if there was any sort of company like if it was somebody's birthday or we were in pledge and you know basically food needed to be brought in um so that the talent wouldn't starve uh we would do potlucks and uh I was a bachelor and didn't want to cook anything so I always signed up to bring the chips. And one thing that I discovered was that as long as I brought a normal type of chip, I was also basically allowed to bring whatever type of chips I wanted. And because all of the uh, 
Kansans uh, were afraid of those chips, nobody would eat them. So then I would basically be able to kind of buy a whole bag of chips for myself. So I would just bring one bag of uh, normal ruffles, salt-flavored ruffles, and then I'd bring a bag of the chips that I wanted, and people would be like, what is this, separate ones? What is this, like, <laughs> takeys? Oh, man. Talk what is this, like, uh, churro maize? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, try one. And they're like, no, nah, I'll, just, I'll just stick to the... I'll just stick to the ruffles. And so basically I could just eat a whole bag of sabritones back when I could eat a whole bag of sabritones. Yeah. Uh, the Takis <laughs> uh, have uh, since become super popular. Yes. Now uh, all the kids are eating the Takis. Yeah. Uh, it, that that kind of waxes and, and wanes from what I've seen. It's it's really interesting to see people get so into Takis. But mm-hmm. uh, my favorite has always been the sabritones um, with the uh, churumais being the close second but mm. yes specialty chips um if you end up going to a party where people are maybe a little bit more adventurous you can actually have a hit in your hands if you do bring uh, you know kind of more specialty chips mm-hmm. um so it's a win-win either way yeah yeah sounds good uh matthew what do you have on your number three my number three is perhaps one of the world's perfect foods And when tasked to bring things places and say, hey, bring this stuff, if I'm not going with, you know, like little Smokies and barbecue sauce, which, by the way, I didn't put on this list because that's not actually food, or like, uh, you know, just something right off the shelf, I will go with a nice plate of brownies. Because the, the thing about a brownie is you cannot go wrong with a brownie. It will literally go with any flavor palette it'll go with anything and everything if it's just one of those nice parties where you're sort of wandering around and talking to people and going oh hi how are you yes uh modified uh, funds yeah hedge funds yeah uh in insurance thing and grown-up talk you could still have a nice brownie in your hand you could pretend it's like uh i don't know sort of a I'm, chocolate I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure parties where you talk about hedge funds do not have yep. people walking around with brownies in their hands no no they do uh, and, you know, if it's a special kind of party, you can bring a special kind of brownies. Um, when I asked my kid, what should I put on the list? The first things out of her mouth were alcohol and drugs. And I'm like, you are 15 years old. Go to yeah. your room till she you're 35. To, she goes to the right parties. She doesn't go to any parties. She just watches way too much. How about your mother? You know, I literally you're, you're, know. You're not one I of those people. You're not one of those people that puts icing on your brownies, are you? It depends on the brownie. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm not an icing type of person, generally speaking, but I don't mind a good, um, oh gosh, what is it? The German chocolate frosting with uh, coconut. Yeah, now, that is, and now that's okay. Thing. That I can see on a brownie. That's problematic, though, because you do have to watch out for nut allergies. Oh, sure. So if you're bringing something to an actual party party, I would say avoid that. Avoid, you know, any walnuts or nut type uh, inclusion into your brownies, but you can have a nice brownie that doesn't involve that because it's something really simple, simple to make. If you want to make it simple to grab, if you want to grab it simple to eat, if you're going to eat it all across the board, perfect. One of the world's perfect foods. That brownie is pretty good, but it's probably listen, a vegetable. It's got beans. I have, I have been back in time twice now to a 70s party and everybody loved my jello salad everybody loved my meat jello which is kind of like a salad i guess mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I found yet another salad that I could take to my, to my seventies dinner party. Here's, here's the description. This is, this is the actual description and, uh, the recipe of this. Here's a crisp, fresh salad that will cause any quote meat and meat and potatoes, unquote man to change his mind. I don't know why, because this, here are the directions. Stew four prunes for each person. Pit the prunes and stuff them with cottage cheese. I'm out. Place two donuts on a lettuce leaf. Fill the donut centers with cottage cheese and then top each donut with a stuffed prune. Place two whole pitted prunes besides the donuts. Serve with mayonnaise. No. I didn't eat that. I, no, a fork? I guess you have to eat it with a fork. It looks disgusting. But a real food. And these aren't like glazed donuts. These are like cake donuts. Pitted yeah, prunes. Oh, good. You wouldn't want a glazed donut to mix with... Uh, pitted, pitted prunes. Yeah. Stewed pitted prunes. Cottage cheese. Donuts. And mayonnaise on a nice lettuce bed. Yeah. I, I, you, can't just, <laughs> you can't just have something on lettuce and call it a salad. Oh, Especially man. if that something is donuts, cottage cheese, and mayo. I feel I feel like like that would be something if you were driving by a field where like there were like farm workers and you were like, oh, look at all the salads. <laughs> and I was like, just because it's near lettuce doesn't make it a salad. I, I, honestly, the way that this thing reads, I mean, and the way that it looks, it's just like you're late to your dinner party and you forgot to make something. Dig through your garbage and call it yeah. donut prune salad. It's like, I mean. I guess individually, none of those things are disgusting, but it's like the combination of it. Like cottage cheese is pretty gross. I I don't know. I like cottage cheese. I think it's fine. Do you mix ketchup with cottage cheese? It's amazing to me that like Matthew will describe like a like a a hot dog with like Mm. peanut butter and chocolate, but like cottage cheese is where he draws the line. (laughs) I'm good with cottage cheese. And don't forget the don't forget the Captain Crunch on top. It's not Captain Crunch. It's Frosted Flakes. Oh, it's okay. not a sailor. It's a tiger. Tigers eat meat. <laughs> hot dogs are meat. Oh, yeah. Therefore, no, actually, you know, I never made that connection. It does make frosted sense. Frosted Flakes are now a hot dog topping. Does that Cap, does Cap that, Crunch would be ridiculous? Does that salad have a name? Yes, it's called the Donut Prune Salad. Oh. <laughs> well, at <laughs> least it name. warns you ahead. It's, it's like, like a warning a, sign. Yeah, exactly. It's like a bright yellow frog. And you, just, yeah. you know not to go near it. Do yeah. not lick that frog and do not eat that salad. Oh, now I'm looking at a color photograph of this thing. Oh, oh no. It's even a greater surprise than you ever would have guessed in your life, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm you can already, picture it in your head. Already, uh, no, no. Like, well, I, I, hey. feel that, I feel that with just like a few adjustments, it could be bearable. Like if you change the cottage cheese to cream cheese. Maybe. Maybe, right? And the, the pitted prunes to dates. Like, yes, that, actually that would be would good. And like then a, kind of they a get rid of the dessert. mayonnaise completely, that would actually yeah, probably yeah, be take, pretty good. Yeah. Well, if you, you, you could go with like a sweeter aioli if you were going to do something like that and maintain that mayonnaise yeah, texture. Or like, a, or like a whip topping of some kind. But yeah. I mean, w- the cream cheese already, and, and same thing with the cottage cheese. Like I feel with like cottage cheese plus mayonnaise just seems like overkill. Yeah, clotted milk and donuts. Hmm. All right, let us get to our number twos. My number two, I've actually had more than once, and it's not Jello salad. So let's uh, let's find out what Rodrigo has, and then Matthew, and then me. 
Rodrigo, what Hopefully is your number two? Uh, my number two is something that I actually make, which is a rarity for me to bring something to a party that I actually make, um, and that is guacamole. I will, on rare occasions, actually make my own guacamole to bring to a party. Uh, I use the family recipe, uh, which involves, uh, obviously, avocados, lime, cilantro, onions, um, You can add a little bit of tomato, but usually I don't. This is a very, this guacamole is kind of meant to accompany things. Mm -hmm. Um, we, it does have a lot of lime. It's a very kind of like, um, I guess like sour guacamole. Um, it, uh, cause that brings out the, um, the cilantro as well. Um, no peppers, no nothing else to uh, to thicken it because you don't need it with the avocados. Mm -hmm. Some people add like mayonnaise to guacamole, which seems yeah. unnecessary. Some people um, add peas, and those people should probably be. Here. Yeah, that's which is weird. It's like to, uh, adding tomato is fine. Like basically, you can have guacamole that in and of itself contains pico de gallo, and that's fine. Those it's kind of like a, the the same family some people add jalapenos if you want spicy guacamole or some other types of chiles that's all fine um that's not the way that i make it but uh you do that you bring a bag of uh corn chips or tortilla chips and uh a, a bag of separate ones and uh you're set there you go <laughs> sounds like a good uh, good time matthew Sabret what do you have ones. for your uh, number two my number two actually can be purchased near the thing that Rodrigo wants. I believe in his number four or number five. Um, one of the greatest parts of moving to an actual civilized city, uh, other than having you know a place to park and occasionally you know not having people run over me with huge trucks, um, is the fact that we have a really schmancy schmancy grocery store now, and it has this huge section devoted entirely to my number two. Really good cheese. I'm not talking like, oh, I'm going to go get me a, a bag block of, of Velveeta. Cheese. Yeah, block of Velveeta. Well, Velveeta has its uses. That's okay. Yeah, it's a doorstop like a nice, or a torture uh, implement of tar torture. Yeah. Oh, stop it. The yeah. stuff on your list, you do not get to poo poo Velveeta. Oh, 1970s Velveeta, Velveeta was a uh, fine, fine cheese. Yeah, it, it's not actually cheese. It's cheese-ish. But you get like a Havarti or a Burrata or a nice, fe oh, feta. My God, I love a feta. Uh, my kid and I will actually order a local pizza joint's pizza that isn't all that good simply because it's covered in really good feta. Uh, if you're getting super schmancy and maybe you have some forks around, you can go with a Brie or a Norwegian Jarlsberg or a Pyrenees sheep cheese, whatever it is that you want. Maybe a nice cloth cheddar where the cheese actually has the imprint of the cloth on it. And somehow that's not terrible and, and horrifically gross. I don't know. Baby, baby bell cheese. No, no. Yeah. But you can get like a nice Gouda. Yeah. You could, uh, they you actually get some, have stuff that I can't even pepper jack. An epoisse de Bergon, which Some is lovely, but you get shredded, these, these shredded Mexican mix. Okay, we are not talking about the back of the Dillons over by the milk, Stephen. I'm <laughs> you talking said bring about cheese. Real, I'm real giving people good. options. I said good. good I'm giving people cheese. options. Pizza You're mix. You're giving people 
bad options. It's one, a bad party, and you should feel bad. I I once met a French person who was studying in Kansas, and their biggest like sorrow was the way that like Americans approach cheese. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, it's like Americans think of cheese like mayonnaise. Right, and I was like, it, most of the cheese you'll find, you have to go to like a specialty store to get what a French person would consider actual cheese. <laughs> you can get they they have one that I believe is a, a Jereño, mm-hmm. which is like a sheep's milk cheese or something, but it's really really like smoky yeah. and really salty. And oh, it's so take, good. Take some fresh um, cheese curds so everybody's teeth squeak. You can get some of the really weird ones too. They have one that's like a like a Philippine cheese that has uh, like blueberries in it or something. It's not like a blue cheese. I know a blue cheese. I've eaten a blue cheese. This literally has fruit in it. Or they have this wonderful one where the rind is infused with alcohol. So it's a port wine cheese and you mm. get that you get that nice kind of thing to it. It doesn't actually have any alcohol content. Because the wine just soaks in, but you get some of it that's purple. Oh my god, it's good. Yeah, take a nice um, block of Parmesan. Yeah, sure. Terrible cheese. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, before I started having the most horrific stomach trouble of all time, uh, day three of uh, horrific stomach cramps, by the way, thanks. Uh, oh, but yeah. the uh, thing that I would do occasionally is I would have uh, my wife pick me up and we would go get whatever we needed at the grocery store and I'd have her just grab me a little $2 box of cheese and I would just eat a little $2 box of cheese on the drive home. I can't really do that anymore um, because my just stomach like ended up. Pull the foil back and just sit there and eat it like a candy bar? Yeah. Well, it's not like a wedge of cheese. They would like get little, it would be little cubes. Ah. So you could buy, it was like a little package just made for snacking. I'm just, have, like, I'm just thinking there of sad Matthew in the car with his wife driving with a big wedge of cheese with the aluminum foil peeled back like a candy is, bar. You just is there anything that I can put on this list that you cannot turn into some sort of horrible slur on my life? A and slur? Family? No, is I'm just there picturing a funny little story. That you and then can, Stephen that's not made, a funny story. And then, that's a horrible and then you're just story. like, and then Stephen made fun of my cheese. Oh. <laughs> hey, here's you know a good thing. Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing for you, Matthew. I've got a cheese-related product on my number two this week. Yeah, that can't be bad. Sometimes, oh no, this is bad cheese. Trust me, this is bad cheese. So uh, this is actually a recipe from 1955, and it seems like these things uh, come back into style like every 20 years. Because I remember it uh, it popped up in the 70s, and then it popped up real briefly in the in the uh, 80s, and I don't know why. I think it's because that's when Campbell's introduced their cream uh just their cheese soup just literally cheese soup now by itself that may sound appealing to some people um but if it sounds appealing just by itself oh have you chopped up some carrots and thrown it in there have you chopped up an onion and put it in there oh go one step further cut up a hot dog into chunks and throw a package of hot dogs in that cheese soup with onions and carrots and ladies and gentlemen, cheesy hot dog soup. Oh, you will be the hit of the party with that. Now, the first time we tried it, it when I was a kid, it sounded like, oh, yeah, this sounds kind of interesting. Might as well try it. I mean, who doesn't like a little bit of cheese on their hot dog? And it was just mm, not so good. 
The second time my mom made it, my dad went through the roof and he says, I never want to eat this stuff again. And we never had cheesy hot dog soup ever again. It is a, it is a, uh, it is a taste. Let me just say this. It is a taste that if you want to taste, you can, but I would recommend that you go back. You know, the reason why all these horrible foods are on this list, I figured it out. Why all these horrible foods showed up in the 1970s is because we were still using leaded gasoline and you had those clouds of blue smoke just everywhere in your face. And so your taste buds were deadened. And so the only thing that you could taste were things that were like on the far end of grossness, but those are the only things that had any kind of flavor for your uh, uh, leaded gasoline tongue. I'm, I'm sure it was that and not a recession that caused people to have to like resort to like to and cheese. Yes. Yes. <laughs> aspic and cheese. And, yeah. Oh, aspic cheese. Oh, there you go, Matthew. That's what Velveeta is. So my number two, oh, hot dog yeah. cheese soup. Uh, they still have recipes for it. I'm sure if you look on the back I've, of your, I've, your can of Campbell's cheese soup, you will find it. I'm not talking broccoli and cheese soup. I'm talking about cheese soup. Yeah, I've... Uh, in the aforementioned potlucks, people would bring cheese soup, and I oh. would have a similar reaction to it than uh, they had to the sabritones. Yeah, no. It just... Anytime you say cheese soup, I'm instantly like, no, having flashbacks to these, you know, half... Half-cooked hot dogs floating in cheese. Blah. All right. I promise my number one is not going to be too horrible. You're but lying. it is. But it is a staple of the 1970s. You're lying right now. I can but first. I, I, but well, first. Hopefully it'll just be cocaine. <laughs> oh, let me change that. Well, Roger, what do you have for your number one? Well, speaking of. Cocaine. Uh, I, uh, one thing that I always bring to a party because I always have it with me is, uh, medication because oh, I, I suffer from migraines and here's the thing, uh, migraines usually give you a, uh, a plethora of symptoms. Um, sometimes, uh, you get nauseous, sometimes, um, you have other accompanying pains. Sometimes um, you have uh, intestinal distress because of it. So because of all those symptoms, I usually have a lot of medicine with me, uh, which means that I have literally been at parties and at gatherings where something happens. Somebody has a headache, something, somebody gets hurt or something, and I've got painkillers on me i've got antacids if people are feeling bad i've got all this stuff and i'm like all of a sudden i'm like this little pharmacy um and that just happens because i just keep a lot of really mostly over-the-counter medicine uh on me if you're doing pretty bad i'll let you have what some of my prescription stuff which is the good stuff <laughs> oh hey man uh you got any of that uh got any of that good stuff i just had some of uh some of steven's hot dog cheese soup yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, definitely. If if we went to Stephen's 70s party, I think the uh, guests would clean me out. Oh, I'm sure they um, would. But you'd walk away a millionaire, so. I, I guess, yeah, if I started selling it. I mean, some of the stuff is probably uh, in the in the black market. It, it starts to actually get up there. And taking meds um, from uh, today back into the into the past, untraceable. So it's not I, like they can bust you for anything. 
I guess. I think the only real difference is that they're probably a little safer. Mm, that's true. Um, so I think if people from the 70s had some of these meds, they would just wouldn't feel them. <laughs> Haven't been stepped on enough. Yeah. Yeah. Take some talcum so, yeah, powder. My, my, number one, my number one thing that I bring to every party, because I bring it everywhere whenever I go out, is uh, medication. Is drugs. There you go. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Rodrigo, for that. Matthew, what do you have for your number one? My number one is guaranteed to make you a hero at any party. From the lowest frat bash to the highest of high society. Whether you're walking into a room with a Coors party ball or whether everyone is drinking champagne with a name that you can't pronounce that came from a Rolls Royce that they then set on fire because it was just for champagne. No, my friends, bringing this item to the party, to any party, the dinner party, the Democratic Party, whatever party you're bringing it to, my number one ice you will always need ice at a party whether you're needing it to cool your drinks whether you're needing it to i don't know hold up a, a chair whatever it is that your party is for you will definitely need ice and that is why every time i go to a party i always try and bring at least some ice even if it's just in a drink with some drugs that i borrowed from rodrigo because i had to eat steven's cheese soup my number one ladies and gentlemen these things probably were in the kitchens in the 1960s. I'm almost positive Matthew's grandma probably had one of these hanging up. Is it, is it lead paint? No, is it a trivet? No, pretty close. It is the salmon-shaped mold that you would make your mousses out of. Oh. And my number one... Wait, why do you want to shape a moose like a salmon? I don't, I don't, know, why, I don't know why every, every house I went the into answers. in the 1970s had one of these stupid like salmon molds that you would use to make whatever uh, dish you were making. In this case, a seafood mousse. So you stuff it with salmon and shrimp and crab and whatever else is your binding. And then you flip it over and you pop it out and you put a couple of olives there where its eyes are and you got the nice little scales and the tail and you can just start uh -huh. dipping into it with your fancy Ritz crackers. Wait, are they fancy or are they Ritz? Eh, they're both, right? Fancy you Ritz. You got two things, pick one. Fa fancy Ritz crackers back in the 70s when Ritz were new. They were still fancy. Uh, but yeah, the, the seafood mousse. Go check it out and go look up for those uh, the, the seafood mold or the salmon mold. And it uh, doesn't matter what you put in it. You could put meat jello in it. You could put, well, probably not your prune salad. I suppose you could have your hot dog and cheese soup inside of a uh, salmon mold and let it congeal a little bit. Stop saying mold. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you're going to get when you eat food from Stephen's 70s party. There you go. My number one. And there you go. Top five that's things horrible. you can bring to a dinner party. Oh, they are all horrible. But the reason the reason why I went ahead and did this is because I do follow that 70s. Not, it's not that 70s party, but it's a, like 70s dinner party, I believe, is the Twitter feed. And this person just puts up some horrible things. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of remember seeing magazines that had those those in them. Yeah. Or in I feel I feel that after the seventies went away, so did the moose. And it's kind of come back with like deconstructed cuisine. Where it's like you will yeah. go to a restaurant and they'll be like, Ah, yes, uh you you like order the steak and it's like a moose. And you're yeah. like Psh. Yeah. It will spray uh, it onto your plate right then and there. Yeah, here's one from Reader's Digest, uh, the the recipe for a seafood moose. Now it's not using the same 
the same mold. But oh no, it is using a fish mold. Uh, but it's using like radishes. You layer in the radishes to make some uh, some scales on this thing. Uh, let's see. It has unflavored gelatin. There you go. Lumped right, crab meat, condensed cream of mushroom soup, uh, some uh, some uh, some some kind of creamy cheese, cooked shrimp. Uh, let's see, celery and green peppers, fresh dill, or if you prefer, dill weed, mayonnaise, sour cream, green onions with scallions. Yeah, same thing. Uh, lemon juice, black pepper, thin cucumber slices. And tiny cherry tomatoes that you sprinkle around your fish. Now tell me, Matthew, if that doesn't sound appealing. That doesn't sound appealing. That is correct. Yeah, it doesn't sound appealing. But hey, Not this is uh, this is Reader's Digest. Oh, I'm sorry. Reader's Digest Canada. Uh, that this uh-huh. recipe is is found in. Those Canadians will eat anything. Those Canadians will eat anything. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Top five things to bring to a dinner party. What are you going to bring to a dinner party? And what are you going to be tempted to eat? Are you going to eat Rodrigo's weird-sounding potato chips? Are you going to try a little bit of uh, meat aspic? Or perhaps you're just going to have a brownie for dessert. Ah, that's a combination right there. Head over to Majorspoilers.com and in the comments section for this episode, share the top five things you would bring to a dinner party, or better yet, head over to our Discord channel and talk with people live. Let them know what it is and get instant feedback. If people would say, oh yes, that is definitely something that you should bring to a party, or, uh, sorry bud, I'm gonna have to to take that cheese away from you. Everybody's interested in what you gotta say. Why? Because everybody's gotta eat, and everybody loves a list. We'll talk with you next time. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.